0: All right, welcome in to this Thursday edition of Locked on Syracuse. Fresh off the heels of Syracuse picking up a 2020 center. Frank Anselm has committed to the Orange, came out late Wednesday night. It's Tim and Tyler, as always. Ty, it been kind of a, a weird week where it's felt like sports are basically insignificant during this time. And to anyone out there protesting, our wishes are and thoughts are with you. Stay safe out there, and we really appreciate... What you're doing during what has been a really, really sad week in America, but we got some good news and kind of a distraction of sorts on Wednesday night when this news came out about Frank Anselm and, you know, maybe not a player that's going to make an immediate impact right away, but he was on Pat Lawless's show and sort of announcing why he picked Syracuse, which was an interesting interview. We tweeted out some quotes from that at LO underscore Syracuse our twitter page but he kind of said like you know they told me i i maybe wasn't going to play in this first year or maybe i'm not going to get a ton of minutes in my first year and he acknowledged that there are a lot of bigs there but this is someone who had a lot of interest and is a late add to this cycle at a position that they really needed it makes me feel just a little bit better overall about the 2020 class
1: we know that there's been a thirst for a big man and that's no surprise to you or me tim but what is surprising is that they went the freshman route. I was a little bit taken aback by that. I, I'm not mad. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. very happy that, that Frank Anselm is going to be wearing orange in the near future. But I was surprised that they went freshman. And listen, I do think, again, I'm not complaining about this because I do think that long term, he's probably a better fit than some of the other centers on the roster. Again, there is a logjam now. You've got four centers on your team. <laughs> and that that that's something that you don't see very often, especially in this small ball era of basketball that we're in. But, no, I- I'm happy with the pickup. I think it's good. And uh, this is a guy who's reclassifying from yeah. the class of 2021. Th- this is significant to me in this regard. Frank Anslum in the class of 2021, was rated between 50 and 70. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... When you look at what he can bring to the table, this is a guy who... Do you remember the last time Syracuse got a big man? Who We'll go with the the higher end of the spectrum here. Last time they got a a big man ranked in the 50s. It was Chris McCullough back in 2014.
0: Yeah. And Leiden and Thompson were 70s. They were 70s. Low
1: 70s, mid 70s. But this is a guy who when people are looking at him and looking at his film, watching his game, they view him as a top fifty-ish guy. 55 we'll say. So that tells to me that tells me that this team got someone really good. Now the ranking doesn't look as gaudy. I think he's like 180 on 24-7, yeah. but that that's obviously I mean, listen, he did he didn't go through his full progression in high school, so he did reclassify and no, I, I'm I'm I like this pickup. I think it's good for the orange, and it's exciting f- for you and I, Tim, because we we think we've got a big man that we can watch, and, and it's not <laughs> all right. Can he just stay out of foul trouble? No, this is this yeah. is a, a big man who can have a polished offensive game.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got some some ways to go for sure. And a oh, little I, bit I'm not prove. saying he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming to the Syracuse <laughs> <series> orange. No, <laughs> I not, gotcha. not at all. But yeah, it's but, promising. It's a step. I mean, gosh, we're just looking for something since Rakeem Christmas. It has been a tough scene, as everyone knows, that is listening at the big man position. And in some ways, props to Syracuse for getting him. Very up and down recruiting process, kind of a tough one to track. And it seemed like it was Syracuse by the time he was making the decision yesterday. But what you just said there, you know, that's how I feel about this recruitment. I honestly I feel like and maybe this is what I'm telling myself, but it feels to me like they just got a 2021 commit who's like 50th or 60th in his class. That's basically how I'm viewing this because, and that's great. Like that's that's what yeah. we have been asking for, a top 70 center to come in. And I think that's how the fan base should view it is this is basically a 2021 commit because that's what he was. He reclassified. Now he's like 180 in his class, which... You really couldn't evaluate him because by the time he reclassified, there just hasn't been anything out there. There's really not much tape out there on him anyway. But he had an offer from Kentucky. I mean, that has to say something. Syracuse literally beat out Kentucky for a center. And, you know, some people view him as a forward. He's only 220 pounds, but he's 6'10". He's got a 7'5 wingspan. So you start there, and that is great for the zone. But that's how I'm viewing this. It's a 2021 guy in the sense that I'm not expecting a ton from him if there is a season, and we always have to say that, but let's assume there is for the sake of this conversation. If there's a season in 2020, I'm not expecting him to make a great impact, and I was happy to hear that he kind of knows that he's going to have to go and compete against these guys like Sidibe Edwards and John Bull that are already there. And he said he, he enjoys the ACC. That was a big pull for him, the competition aspect, the historic program. It was a battle Syracuse should have won because Kentucky was out of the race by the time he was announcing his decision. And to me, this is a good ad in kind of the 2021 class is how I'm viewing it because I think by the time he's a sophomore and he's a junior, we could really see some rewards here. Right, and what that means for Mac Etienne now, we don't necessarily
1: know. That's a whole other conversation that we can get into maybe even tomorrow on the show. But Yeah, we got all summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the the thing that's, that's interesting to me about this is, yes, Kentucky is involved, and whenever Kentucky's involved, that's a player who usually is pretty good. But when he goes and talks to Pat Lawless and said, yeah, playing time wasn't necessarily promised for me this year, well, Playing time wasn't necessarily going to be promised to him this year at Kentucky either because they got Olivier Sar and say what you want about the fact that, oh, he might have to sit out a year. I don't think Olivier Sarr is going to have to sit out a year because he got a dirty deal at Wake Forest and then had his coach fired and now he's going to come transfer to Kentucky. I, I just don't see a world where, where amid a pandemic, I just don't see a world where he is going to get his waiver denied and yeah. not be able to play this upcoming season. So that that kind of shocked me a little bit when I saw Kentucky kind of bow out, especially considering the fact that they don't have really another backup center to go behind Sar, and it's not like he can play 40 minutes a night for him. So Cal's going to have to go small a little bit. So, And I think that's another whole interesting element to this is if he is not guaranteed this playing time, and he's okay with that and has publicly come out and said that, to Pat Lawless, then I think this is a good fit because let's be honest, going into next year, brahma sadibe is going to be the starting center. Whether we like yeah. it or not, he is going to be the starting center and rightfully so. He has earned that right, I believe, especially Kinda. when we're probably going to get yeah, <laughs> at well, the end of last year. Yeah. G- given what we've seen and now on top of that, the fact that the off season is going to be weird. Barama Sidibe I Yeah, mean, he's a senior. You're, right. you're not gonna see a guy, especially a senior, get their job upstage unless something catastrophic happens and and let's say he he's lost all set like the the monsters right. have stolen the talent or something out of Barama Sadibe. Right. No, it could happen not.
0: in the middle of the season, but yeah. not at the start. <laughs> yeah. Definitely exactly. Start.
1: Or, or or they steal his ability to play basketball in the middle of a game and and only give him the talent to foul in the middle of a game. But no, that... I think that, they've already done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it did get much, much better towards the end of the season. And guess yes. what? Like you said, he, he did make progress at the end of the year last year. So that that no, I'm has to be acknowledged. He, so
0: right. Uh, hopefully he'll, that's he'll, I think sustained. he'll make some strides.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it's going to be cool because there's going to be a battle now for that backup center position. We saw Jesse Edwards... Amongst the, the other bigs last year, I mean, we saw them go small sometimes. You'd see a little bit of Marek at the five. But th- it's going to be a battle for that that backup center position, assuming Beheim doesn't opt to go small. But Jesse Edwards, he's got a little bit of experience under his belt, but he's still a developing player. Frank Anselm, yeah. he's a developing player who, not just that, but he's making a big leap. He's going, and he's going to go from... From expecting to play high school basketball next year to now, he's going to play in arguably the best conference in the country.
0: Yeah, he's also going from Georgia to California to Syracuse, New York. I think it's the first Georgia commit I saw our friend James Zuba tweeted out since Josh Pace, which was 2001, mm-hmm. I believe. So kind of cool to see them going down south and getting a player, although he, he is playing at prolific prep in California. So exciting news. We'll take a quick break here. Come back, talk about Frank Anselm some more about his game and what this means for SU. The thing about Kentucky that's kind of interesting is, and again, this was such a weird recruitment to track. And maybe, you know, we might say that about other players, but I really feel like this especially because Frank Anselm was 2021, 20, then he was 2020, 20. then he was 21, then 20. And then he had the top three of LSU in Georgia, and, another, and I think it was Alabama, Alabama another SEC yeah. school. Yeah. And people were thinking LSU. Well, then LSU gets a center committed, someone at his position. He bounces on them, kind of, it seems like, switches classes, opens up a top six, then it becomes a top four that eliminated some teams, and all of a sudden New Mexico and Georgia are in. It's like, why is Georgia back? What's going on? And a lot of his habits throughout this process have been he's done his due diligence in terms of scouting who was on the roster and where is his playing time. And it does feel like just the way he bounced on Kentucky and he bounced on LSU because they acquired a player at his position that he valued playing time. So that's why I was always a little skeptical without any inside info. And then all these crystal balls come in. And obviously now we know he's going to Syracuse for the time being at least. And you feel good about Syracuse getting this win. And I think we really have to give a lot of credit to Red Autry because that's another big takeaway from the Pat Lawless interview. And we knew this before. He's been open about how much Red had been talking to him and not just about basketball and how Red... You know, once he had that original top three, reached out to him right away and was like, where are we, Frank? Like, we got to be in that top three. (laughs) Red to the rescue. Right. So they go from not in his top three to to getting him. And Red stayed on him. And I think this is a huge win for Red, just the way that Frank talked about on that Pal Lawless show that came out on Wednesday, how red was so big that relationship was so big to him he said i'm a relationship guy and coach Beheim was doing a lot of it too but red was so big and he was the primary recruiter here so we got to give a lot of credit to him
1: and i think this is a great battle of attrition win here for red because when you look at this whole thing think about all the different big syracuse has been after this summer okay and now you're on top of that you're managing a guy who in frank anselm who, like you have said, he, he's had a lot of shifts, <laughs> like seismic shifts, it feels like, in his recruiting yeah. process, too. So he's he's reclassifying, you're out of the top three, now you're in the top five, now you're in the top six, all that stuff. And then you, you finally land him. But yeah, I mean, you think about all the things, that, all the external things that Red not isn't necessarily... Well, obviously he's a part of it, but maybe it's not his direct responsibilities. And he's still juggling that alongside Frank Anselm here. And again, a lot of college coaches do go through the, the same things that Red Autry did. But he's juggling that. You, you're feeling the outside noise of, oh, they want to bring in a big man, but it's probably going to be a grad transfer. Is it Patrick DePay? Is it Matt Harms? We don't know. And then is Mac ETN going to reclassify? I mean, it's just Dealing with all of that, and now you finally land him. I mean, that that that's a real, real art there, and something that I think Red deserves a little more credit for than than he may be getting right now, because he 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 was on him. He was on him for a
0: long, long time, and that paid off. And I think he did get a good one. Yeah, that's that's one of the things he said is Syracuse was on him throughout this process, and they never went away, and some of those other schools kind of teetered a little bit. So I think that really was a big reason why SU got him that relationship with red and very exciting to see them just get a center at this point, given what, what they've gone through and, and the struggles and Bayheim's been open about that. You know, he told Matthew Gutierrez and I, I know he's told uh, the Albany radio station. I think when he was on there that he's got to get better at that and he's got to do a better job at developing them. And I think, the big question now with Anselm is how much can they develop him and can Alan Griffin, who coaches the bigs, not Alan Griffin, who's the player trying to get a waiver, which is confusing, but Alan Griffin, the assistant coach, can he or get- Or maybe if he doesn't uh, get the waiver, he can he can coach him up a little bit. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe he'll have two Alan Griffins helping him out His practice, dad worked with but... Pascal Siakam, like, yeah, he, he, yeah, he probably true, knows a thing but... or two. That's a good point. Is he going to get that Bulls job? His dad? I do know. You're the I, Chicago
1: guy. I think Boylan's out. Boylan's out. That's all I know. Boylan's okay. out. I don't know who's well, coming in, but Boylan's out.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we digress. I think that now it becomes how much can he develop and is this you know, if, if they don't develop him, like, maybe we need to look in the mirror a little bit and yeah. say, okay, should we bring in someone who's and I'm not ragging on Alan Griffin because I, I like Griff, but can we bring in someone that's a little more equipped that was a former big potentially to help these guys? Because then it becomes a pattern that's scary where who knows what you're getting out of Jesse Edwards and John Bull. It's still early, but Barama to me was, uh, maybe he changes my mind senior year. And I, I again, I'm not, it sounded like we were kind of ragging on him earlier, but at the end of the year, he was great. In that UNC game, he was great, the last game that Syracuse played. So hopefully he can keep it going. But I think anyone would tell you that, partially because of injuries, we have to mention that, he's not developed like we would have hoped at this point. And you could go back to Daywan Coleman and guys like that. I know Torian Thompson left. Some of these are just tough breaks, but you really got to get something out of Anselm here. And I feel like... You know, I think he'll play some his freshman year, and I think Beheim has to make sure that he's keeping him happy because it's one. you know, we saw so many players transfer this offseason. And I think Anselm's going in with the right mindset based on what he said about the playing time, but he was a little up and down in the recruiting process and he's got a lot of interest out there. I mean, he had offers from Oregon, Maryland, like good schools that would be willing to pick him off if, you know, Syracuse isn't utilizing him two years into this. So beheim has got to make sure that he's, you know, maybe you redshirt him, I don't know what you do, but you got to make sure that he's getting, sort of hitting some checkpoints along the way and staying satisfied, and he's not going to fall into the Jalen Carey group or the group that's just sick of why am I not out there? And then by the time I get out there, you're just mad at me because I don't know how to play the 2-3 zone. I haven't got enough game experience to really be the best 2-3 zone player I can be. All right, well, you threw out a couple things there. I'm going to agree with one thing you said and disagree with two things you said. All right.
1: So I I agree with, with what you said about the interest thing because, yes, he does have a lot of high-profile interest. And I'm not saying that there's some sort of handshake wink wink agreement but you'd imagine he's going to see the floor at some point because looking at some of those other schools you'd think frank anselm because i mean syracuse was the top dog amongst his final four in terms of basketball programs syracuse was the top dog so you'd imagine that he is going to probably see some time some playing time next year now i don't think this should be some sort of promise that there shouldn't be some sort of coddling by Jim Boeheim, where it's like, yeah, he's just because we got him means we have to play him. No, you you still have to earn your minutes, okay? Because if you're not earning your minutes at Syracuse, and you're not going to earn your minutes at Kentucky or Oregon or Arizona or some of these other big programs that have been really, really good lately and get a lot of this one-and-done level talent, those five stars. So I don't think that that he needs to coddle him to that degree. So, and and that's that's always the interesting point because you do bring up the Jalen Carey stuff and, and Howard Washington and Bryson and Goodine. And it's just one of those things where, yeah, like they, they left and, and some of them had higher level interest outside in their initial recruitments than others. But if he is going to have to see some degree of playing time, if... If Syracuse wants to keep him, I will say this: yeah. I think redshirting him might be the the worst possible decision because Bar Unless there's some sort of injury or something that pops up, because if you get a kid who's from Georgia, then goes out to California to play a little high school ball, and then you take him to Syracuse, and he can't play in games and has to sit through snow and slush and all that stuff for a, a good solid, a good cold solid four or five months. That's not going to be a recipe for, yeah, I want to stay here. So, I just find that part interesting in that dynamic. So, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting little transition for Frank because of all the places that were on his list, this is the only one that was really going to offer him snow.
0: Yeah, that's true. I I mean, we can take a quick break here, and I think we'll have more time to sort of talk about the redshirting thing down the road, but... Just one last point on that is I feel like someone might have to redshirt now. And maybe it becomes easier in the sense that Griffin doesn't get a waiver passed and then that cuts it down to 11 or potentially Braswell transfers. We don't really know. But but I don't think bigs, that matters
1: if it's Braswell or if it's Griffin.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got four bigs now. Like, maybe you should redshirt Jesse Edwards. And I know John Bull has already burned his red shirt, so he's out of the question. Sadibe is not going to. So it becomes Edwards or Anselm. I'm with you. I don't think red shirting is the best way to go about it, but I'm not totally against them red shirting Edwards, but that's off topic a little bit. We can talk about sort of the depth chart and everything on tomorrow's show. For now, let's, let's take one last quick break and then come back and sort of dive into Frank Anselm's game what he does well, what he could work on a little bit for Syracuse. All right, so what is Syracuse getting in Frank Anselm? We know he's a four-star around 160 to 180, kind of depending on where you look ranking-wise, in that now 2020 class after he's reclassified. But, you know, there's not a whole lot out there highlight-wise on Frank. And what we do see highlight-wise that jumps out to me initially is very fluid, very athletic, and then immediately it's the arms and and the wingspan and the length he has that does seem like it's very, very fitting for the two, three zone seems to be a very good shot blocker seems to be someone who got tall really quickly and is playing against some smaller guys in high school, but he goes against fairly good competition. And I think his defensive game is more developed than his offensive game, but I like what I see from him just from a rebounding perspective and from Kind of the things that Syracuse has struggled with in the past, maybe having the ability to get out to the corner shooter, providing that anchor presence as a shot blocker, kind of like what Chukwu was and what I'd like to see maybe a little bit more from Barama is he's a, a fearsome body that if he adds some weight and a, and a guard's driving on him, that's going to be tough to get a floater or a layup around him because I mean he has a 7'5 wingspan. That's now the, the longest on the team. Yeah, you can't teach that stuff. And when I look at
1: the scouting report on him, I I read something from his high school coach who Matthew Gutierrez talked to and and put in his article with The Athletic. Tim, you want to know the quality that I am most excited for out of Frank Anson? Oh, I know where you're going. Hands? His eye-hand coordination is outstanding (laughs) and will continue to improve. He can catch and finish in transition and he'll catch anything near the basket. When I saw that, my eyes lit up. Because I was the same way. It's the <laughs> simple stuff we're looking right. for. <laughs> it sounds... And listen, it's hard for 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers to to put it all together. Your body is, is growing at a different pace than it sh- really should be. And you're trying to grow and also keep coordinated. It's no easy task, all right? There's a reason why a lot of big guys are, are rather clumsy. But no, that, that was very refreshing to see because... I want to see a guy who can just you lob it up to the basket. And again, if Dior Johnson ends up coming to Syracuse, Frank Anselm likely is going to be on the roster when that happens. So yeah. when you hear something like that, now you're and really we know about Dior Johnson. Intrigued. He he loves to he loves to pass the rock, Tim. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, he, but he, he loves, loves <laughs> telling you he loves to pass. The rock. <laughs> and he loves to pass the rock. And if if him and Anselm, if you put them together, that could be some scary stuff. If Frank is as good as his high school coach is saying about going up and grabbing balls near the rim and and having that hand-eye coordination that, that is so important as a big man. And listen, hand-eye coordination is cool on the offensive side of the ball, but that's also the same thing that made Anthony Davis such a, a good shot blocker in college too. He had impeccable hand-eye coordination. And not just that, but listen, it's one thing to to block a shot, and send it into the fifth row. It's another thing to block a shot and have the wherewithal to be able to tip it to a teammate. And it there is a coordination and an art to blocking a shot, and yeah, that comes absolutely. with hand-eye coordination too. So that's something that you're turning blocks. Listen, a block can, as cool as it looks and as great of a highlight as it makes, it can very well end up as a basket for the other team because the team can inbound the ball and then go get their bucket. But
0: if you can turn it into transition offense for your team, now you're cooking with grease. Yeah, now we're talking. Someone that can catch the ball—that—that that gets me intrigued. I—I <laughs> I like the quote that from his high school coach. It says, "Throw it by the rim, and he will go get it." Yep. Sign me up for that. I, yeah. I want someone that could do that. And he—he's also a pretty good shooter. I think he has to get a little bit better range wise, but ten to twelve feet is pretty solid. Solid free throw shooter. Listen, that's ten to
1: twelve feet further away from the basket than I've seen Pascal Chuku or Barama yes. Sidibe shoot a shot.
0: You're, outside you're not of a free wrong. throw. Although Barama, I mean, he knocks down those twelve footers in warm ups. Him and Quincy, <laughs> they can't miss in warm ups. It's a sight to see. And I guess that's true for, for every basketball player. You you all obviously shoot better when no one's on you. But yeah, he's a pretty good shooter. I think He needs to get a little bit better at his back-to-the-basket game. He's a little more comfortable face-up, like 10 to 12 feet, but he's got a solid arsenal of moves, and you'd have to imagine that he has a little bit more coming into Syracuse than— I mean, especially Jesse Edwards because— Like you look up, and I I like Jesse Edwards, but you look up raw in the dictionary and it's kind of Jesse Edwards. Like he didn't even know what basketball was until he was 15 or 16 years old. He didn't know what Syracuse was until a year or two ago and barely knew anything about basketball. So I think we're getting someone who's a little bit more refined than that. And he also just has a little bit more athleticism to him more lighter feet to him, just overall. The more I talk about him, the more I'm excited. I mean, maybe he is someone that could come in and make an impact in this first season. And I'm not going to put that onus on him. I think the good news is they have some depth at the position. I just feel better about the center position than I have in a long time after this decision. Yeah, he's got the tools, and it
1: may not happen overnight, but again. Yeah. This is going to be a great developmental piece for this Orange staff to work with. And if they can figure things out with Frank Anselm, all I'm going to say is, is look out. Because this is a guy who he's got the tools, not just to be a great basketball player, but especially with Syracuse, a, a, a program who, the, I mean, quite frankly, these last four, really since Tyler Lydon graduated, it's felt like they've played four and five basketball on the offensive side Because of the center position,
0: and and even at times, sometimes
1: three-on-five basketball with with some of the personnel out there at times. So, if you can feel like you're playing five-on-five basketball out there, I mean, just have a threat, have a threat with Frank Anselm, and and on top of that too, he he seems like he's a good offensive rebounder, and when you're springy, you're long, you can get some of those tip backs too. So. Now I'm I'm excited. I I love this pickup as as I've kind of noted on this on this podcast so far, and we'll we'll just kind of wait and see right now because again we we can we can love it now, but we'll, let's
0: see if we love it in a year or two. Yeah, So big news for Syracuse, and we'll be back tomorrow on the show. Maybe even talk a little bit more about Frank Anselm because we have a lot of thoughts here. I, I got cut a little bit short myself, but I think tomorrow too we can kind of look at. Just the overall depth chart, where it stands right now, I tweeted something out, and there's 12 guys here, if you count Griffin, assuming he gets that waiver, which we can kind of talk about the chances of him getting that waiver tomorrow as well, and maybe if someone will redshirt, if Braswell will transfer, some of those topics, and how this rotation will shake out, because I'm a little bit more excited about where Syracuse is. I mean, overall, this offseason, which has been kind of a weird offseason, but they have been successful They've added now Alan Griffin and a center. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that in terms of what you wanted from Syracuse, realistic expectations going into this offseason. So a good day yesterday getting Frank Anselm. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week as we are every single weekday here on Locked On Syracuse. You can check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And feel free to check out the other Locked On shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can go see Locked On ACC, but we will be back tomorrow. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you then.